Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Comment Section episode... I won't say it. We don't know how many parts the last episode was. This time, we're going to talk about a superhero near and dear to my heart, and that is the one and only Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Uh, and now the impetus of this episode, we've done lots of Spider-Man specials. I mean, we love the guy. Um, but I think the impetus of this episode, which you came up with, is to come up with our top favorite and, and rank our favorite versions of the character. Yes. Uh, can you expound on that? Yes. So, guys, 2022 is a very special year for the year of Spider-Man. It is the 60th anniversary of when Stan Lee went into publisher Martin Goodman's office and said, I have an idea for this character called Spider-Man. And he was told, no, that's stupid. Just throw it in the, <laughs> in the Amazing Fantasy comic that we're going to cancel anyway. And he said, fine. And then, lo and behold, Marvel's, um, basically, Marvel's mascot was born. That is, it's a definitive thing. That is their most popular character. So, 60 mm -hmm. years later, still going strong for what was told to be a bad idea. It is also, we just passed it. Well, again, this is also in celebration of this show turning five years old because we started recording on the 15th anniversary <clears throat> of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And a little bit ago, we passed the 20-year anniversary of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. That's right. I have a feeling we'll be talking about what it was like to go see that movie later in here. Also, in two months, is I can't believe it's already here. It is the 10th anniversary of the first Amazing Spider-Man starring Andrew Garfield himself. Wow. That's right. And if that wasn't enough, I need to check something real quick. Because I think I have a double... Okay, never mind. But also, in December this year, it is the 100th anniversary, uh, 100th birthday of the birth of the greatest comic book writer of all time, Stan Lee. Though all those, all those reasons are why we've come together to celebrate the wall crawler, the web swinger, the Spider-Man himself, Peter Parker. So... Heck yeah. For this special, we decide we're going to rank. Also, it's the, what, fifth and five-month anniversary of Spider-Man No Way Home. So, yeah. Uh, for this special, we're going to be ranking our favorite versions of the character. What were our favorite movie versions? Our favorite um, television versions? Maybe our favorite video game versions? Now, for, what are our favorite versions from the comics? Now... Some people, just so I've, we're giving a little asterisk by this, I figured because it's 60 years of continuity, we'll break up the comic book runs as separate things. So, like, um, what's yeah, one? So, like, the current Spider-Man run that is being done by Zeb Wells, which is only one issue. But even though that's the same version that Stan Lee wrote, we're breaking them up as two separate versions. So... Yeah, I was considering different writers, yes. different takes on the character. Yes, just because it's 60 although years. I only uh, I only have two 
comic book writers, spoiler alert, because I just don't have that much of a breadth of knowledge. Yes. Um, but I did separate uh, two writers of the same span. Yes, I did as well. So, first of all, so I don't, how many did you have? Because I have a top ten. Uh, I couldn't quite get there. I have a top seven. Okay, so that's good to know. So, <laughs> before we get started, should we get one out of the way? What is the worst version of Spider-Man? Um, let me think. I I don't know if you have a worst version. I don't know if I have a worse. I, I've definitely... Or you have a least liked version. The worst version is uh, <laughs> um, YouTubers dressing up as Spider-Man and... Uh, doing weird things oh uh, that's yes. the worst version okay yes for me the worst version is the version from the ultimate spider-man cartoon that ran on disney plus from 2012 to 2017 it was so awful it just was a piece of garbage mm-hmm. um drake bell in my opinion is the worst spider-man actor of all time <laughs> and you know in light of what's recently come up up about him uh, that was back when he was just a bad actor and not a horrible person so yeah i have to say um from the little i l- looked at clips of uh of that i i did not care for that as well why would you look up clips of that <laughs> well to be okay here's the the honest thing and i'm sorry to say this but like the truth is in my brain i i you know, I didn't. I I kind of liked Drake and Josh back in the day, and so <laughs> like, I sometimes would check what they're up to. Oh yes, I remember being hopeful for that show, and then the first trailer I believe premiered on the IGN YouTube channel, and I watched it, and all my hopes died. I was like, "What is <laughs> yeah. this?" You know what? I am such a Spider-Man fan. That I've decided I'm going to try and get through that show. I'm oh, going to try wow. and sit through it. And yeah. I just need to say something. That show last month premiered 10 years ago. I still have not finished the first season. But <laughs> I, slowly but surely, I'm getting through that awful piece of garbage. Yeah. Though I heard it gets better in seasons three and four. I mean, we'll see if you ever make it to there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it's rough. You know what the sad thing is? Is like sometimes there are some okay episodes when they have a better guest star like Captain America or Wolverine. That's who you watch it for because the version of Spider-Man they have in there sucks so much. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Now, fortunate. I don't know if you have um, any of this, but would you have any honorable mentions? Well, I guess you can't because you didn't have a top ten, but... (laughs) Yeah, I didn't have to leave anything off. The thing, though, is with the ones I put, like, I felt bad with the one that's, like, down at number seven because I was just like, like, I mean, this really is my seven favorite, and um, I think they're all excellent. Um, uh, But you don't have, like, a special honorable mention, like, didn't make it to the list. I've got an honorable mention. Okay. And the reason why it's an honorable mention is because I I just don't have enough information yet. And that's that Spectacular Spider-Man, I think it is, the TV yes. series. Yeah. Um 
I do think it's really good, and I, on your recommendation, watched two episodes, and that version of Spider-Man is great, but I just didn't have enough information to go off of to put it officially in my list. Oh, it's such a great show. I love that show. So, mine, I'll just quickly go through them. Mine, I have three. One is from the Marvel Universe. It is the run of Peter Parker's Spider-Man by Paul Jenkins. And to me, that was one of the three comics I would normally buy because when I was younger, there were three comics, and you knew what you were getting with each of the three. Amazing would tell like stories that happened later. That was where you got the most exciting character development. Ultimate was about younger Spider-Man. Peter Parker's Spider-Man by Paul Jenkins, which I'll mention something in a second... Um, what that was the one where you got to have all the cool villains. Like, he's gonna fight Doc Ock this week, he's gonna fight Sandman this month. Mm-hmm. And I did remember something <clears throat> to bring this up years ago in 2002, 20 years ago. I was like, I don't remember where I was, but I was going to buy a Spider Man comic book. And I was flipping through what they had because this is back in the days of the spinner racks at the grocery store. Which, why they don't have yeah. that anymore, I don't know. Yeah, those are but, those are sick. Yeah, like, honestly, I went to the airport recently. You can buy porn at the airport gift shop, but you can't buy a comic book. Yeah. So. Well, they know their audience. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> I don't know what that, I don't know what I'm saying by that, but, you know, they know their audience. Hey, sometimes those long plane rides, you need some type of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> so... There and I flipped through it and I was like, eh, it's okay." But and there was this awful line of dialogue where it's after the fight with Spider-Man Green Goblin where Green Goblin says he thought about calling himself Mr. Coffee and they both laugh. I was like, "That's dumb. I don't want that." So I didn't buy it. But yeah, over the years, I've gotten more nostalgic for the 2000s comics. And like a few times a year, I'd be like, man, kind of wish I'd gotten that comic. Well, a few months ago, I was at the comic book store. And I was going through the dollar bin, because that's where they have some of the old comics. And I found it. I found oh. it, and I added it to the collection. That was awesome. a 20-year search that finally concluded. <laughs> the That, uh... That lost, that lost love, unrequited. Um, oh yes. <laughs> by the way, have you ever been to? There's like a comic and old bookstore called like I think it's Argos. It's kind of closer to downtown. Um, I have, I have not. Oh wait, I think I know where it is. It, it's like mostly, it. it's mostly like an uh, used bookstore, but um, they have a whole side of the store that's all comics and I was looking through and like there's some pretty cool issues of like Amazing Spider-Man and um, oh yeah some Batman stuff like it was it was pretty cool collection yeah cause the comic store I usually go to they don't have a lot of older issues it's more like the current stuff but I would love to go check that out and yeah see some of the old stuff you know what I was thinking about People talk about like how it's so much more satisfying to go to like a record store and find an old record than it is to just like buy it off like a digital purchasing like iTunes or something. Mm-hmm. 
I felt that. Because, like, I bought an issue of Ultimate Spider-Man on my phone. And I was like, that's nice. But a few weeks ago, I found an issue in the comic book shop in that dollar bin. I was like, oh, it was like finding the Holy Grail or something. Yeah. So, that's great. The other one is Brian Michael Bendis' run from the new Avengers. So, my Avengers, when I started reading Avengers comics in 2006... Years before everyone else jumped on the bandwagon, was yes, the lineup was Captain America, Iron Man, Wolverine, Luke Cage, Spider Woman, and Spider Man. And for me, ever since I've been reading, when I started reading Avengers comics, Wolverine and Spider Man were part of the Avengers. So, and I love the version of Spider Man that Bendis gave us in that run. And the other honorable mention is Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. This was a show that during the time that the first Toby movie came out, ABC Family would play a bunch of reruns of the old Spider-Man cartoons. And I tuned in for the 90s cartoon, and they had this special like Spider-Weekend where they played episodes from all the different eras. And I was introduced to Spider-Man's Amazing Friends. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So, there we go with that. There we go. Yes. So, should we get into our top ten favorite versions of Spider-Man? Absolutely. Yes. So, I guess I'll go at number ten. And then, once I get to eight, we'll start jumping back jumping back and forth after eight. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yes, so my number 10, top 10 favorite Spider-Man. Now remember, I said that for like certain stuff, even though it's supposed to be connected, we're breaking some stuff up. My number 10 is a version that we have from the movies, but in a TV show. Is Spider-Man the new animated series that aired on MTV starring Neil Patrick Harris. Which is supposed to be, it considers itself, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Like, Harry's father is dead, he has the organic web shooters. So, now I'm going to be honest, and it might hurt some people right now. Most cartoons from the 2000s sucked. They just (laughs) did. Like, honestly, we are, what, two years into the 2020s? We already got more good stuff than we did in that whole decade. But one of the things I loved was Spider-Man, the new animated series. It was so cool to have a TV version of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. And he he is the Tobey Spider-Man, but there are some differences. Like, um, he has a little bit more of Andrew's personality and stuff, but overall it's still supposed to be Tobey Spider-Man. Uh... I thought it was really cool to see this more adult version of Spider-Man because it was on MTV. They could go do a little more stuff that they couldn't do in the like Saturday morning cartoons. And they could also do some stuff like they had an episode with Wilson Fisk, which is more crime-oriented, that you couldn't really do as much because it wasn't the, um, oh, Spider-Man fighting Doc Ock or whatever. Like, it just was a different type of show, and I really enjoyed it. And I thought Neil Patrick Harris was a very good Spider-Man. 
Although I will say, as time has gone on, he's become a much better voice actor than when he was Spider-Man in here. But overall, he was great. And the animation doesn't look that great nowadays, but it's got that early 2000s charm. Like, yes, this was <laughs> from that era of Spider-Man, from the Toby era. Some people um, can debate about if it is supposed to be canon. It's really an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type situation. My personal opinion is that it is canon, so I view it that way. And right. there were some issues that the show would have had if it had kept going, because it only lasted 13 episodes. One of the problems it had was that because it was connected to the movies, you couldn't have Goblin or Dr. Octopus, so you're m- missing the two big ones, but... 13 episodes taking place between Spider-Man 1 and 2. It was great. I, I've i honestly kind of... Because it's only 13 episodes, I don't rewatch it that much. But uh, after Into the Spider-Verse, and especially after seeing Toby in No Way Home, I've started watching it more again. And it's re- like... I like it even more now than I used to, and I just it's such a great show. So, Spider-Man: The New Animated Series is my number ten in the top ten versions of Spider-Man. Have you heard of this version or seen any of it? Because it is, you know, debatable, yeah. but it is kind of it is Toby Spider-Man. Yeah, I I knew it existed. I knew that Neil Patrick Harris had voiced Spider-Man. I knew that there was something connected to the canon. I I didn't all p- put it together, like as you described it. I that re- it really intrigued me. Although I am not pulled in by the art style, I will say. Yes, remember it is nineteen <laughs> years old. Yeah, yeah. It seems like in that era where they were still figuring it out. Uh, yes, in term. Yeah, so. It would be, that's the biggest thing going against it for me. Other than that, like, this might be one of the, one of the, like, Spider-Man animated series that I would be most interested in checking out. Oh, yeah. It's, overall, it's my third favorite Spider-Man animated series. Just be warned, it does end on a bit of a cliffhanger, even though, you know, cliffhanger, we all know what works out, because we have Spider-Man 2 and (laughs) 3, and No Way Home. Mm-hmm. All right, so I shall go into my number nine. Number nine, number nine in the top ten versions of Spider-Man. You know, some people don't like it, but I don't care. Whatever, it's in my top ten. After the '90s Spider-Man cartoon ended, we had kind of a sequel show happen in Spider-Man Unlimited. That's right. Now, because Sony had gotten the rights from Marvel because they were going bankrupt. The show had was in a little bit of a predicament because it couldn't use the Spider-Man costume, couldn't use a bunch of the villains, and I forget what the other ones were, but those were two things against it. So what happened was Spider-Man went on a spaceship to follow Venom and Carnage to a place called Counter-Earth. And it's a place where, like, it's kind of like, there's these things called bestials, which are animals turned into humans. And, like, the bestials run this city, and they have these giant robots that attack people. It's very 
post-apocalyptic and it was like Spider-Man in there and he's got his new costume that has a cape this time and overall uh, it generally I remember being younger and being like why can't we just have normal Spider-Man but now living in the age of like home video and streaming where you have all of them I'm like you know what this was a pretty good show this is a fun watch and uh, it's a nice continuation of the 90s cartoon Reno Romano took over for Christopher Daniel Barnes and I thought he did a great job he later voiced him in some video games and there's a deleted scene from an X-Men 2 video game where Wolverine voiced by Mark Hamill meets Reno Romano as Spider-Man so I really enjoy the show it was really cool it has some of the best Spider-Man animation so Hmm. Yeah, I've always enjoyed Spider-Man Unlimited, so assuming you haven't seen it, though. Uh, yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> what era is this again? This is from 1999. Out? Okay. Okay. It aired on Fox Kids from 1999 to 2001. Now, it only lasted one season, but they pulled it because Pokemon killed it in the ratings, and okay. they just burned off the episodes in 2001. Okay, interesting. Well, I mean, this one I do like the animation of. Yes. It's pretty cool. What do you think of his new-looking costume? Um, yeah, nothing to scoff at. It's kind of cool. He's got a cape this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to decide. I think I would maybe prefer it without the cape. It's kind of cool just as a alternate color uh, oh, costume. Oh, yes. Oh, but, yeah, uh, one of my favorite cool. episodes is where Venom, Eddie Brock, is dying, <laughs> and Peter has to, like, get him back with the symbiote, and he wears the black suit again. Oh, it was awesome. Cool. Unfortunately, ends on a cliffhanger, but, you know, if it continues, <laughs> you knew it was all, all going to work out, so. Yeah. Kind of like <laughs> how the movies, they just get canceled. There's never, <laughs> there's yeah. never ever a, um final thing unless you go back yeah. years later. Yeah, it feels like Spider-Man never gets his uh, final due. Yes. So, I guess I'll go into my number 8 and our top 10 favorite Spider-Man. And then we'll jump back eight. and forth. So, after the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies were cancelled because of the cancellation of Spider-Man 4, we were told... We were going to get a new version of Spider-Man in the movies. And that is why Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is my number 8 in our top 10 Spider-Men. So, I, as much as I love 2002 Spider-Man, 2012's The Amazing Spider-Man is my favorite origin story for Spider-Man. Um, it's pretty much tied with Spider-Man 2 as my favorite overall Spider-Man. And I thought it did a great job of taking the Stan Lee, Steve Ditko era and taking so much from Ultimate Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley. I always thought it was a little special how the Spider-Man movie and Avengers movie that came out the summer of our the summer of our senior year took inspiration from the comics that came out when we were in kindergarten. So oh, yeah. I always thought that was interesting. Yeah. So, love the first one. 
really like the second one, uh, even though it wasn't as good as the first one. And then it just kind of stopped until 2021, in which we finally got that part three. Which, I mean, if you look at it, Amazing Spider-Man 2, what was it saying up? It was saying up dealing with the aftermath of the death of Gwen and the villains teaming up. And we got it. We finally got it. Yeah. And fantastic. He was my favorite Spider-Man in the movie. And overall, I think that um, Toby's movies may have told a more complete story, but when you look at like the story between the three movies, I thought the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man was such a great version. Um, actually, No Way Home bumped it up to where I just I loved. Andrew's version of Spider-Man. He's my favorite live-action actor to play Spider-Man. So, I just... Yeah, I loved the Andrew Garfield version of Spider-Man. And if there's more, that'd be great. But yet, if this is it, I... It was such a great run. Yeah. And there was quite a bit of closure that came with No Way Home. So, at least we have that. Um... Should I get and finally start with my first entry into the list, my number seven, and then you can do your number seven? Yes, let us do that. All right, my number seven. I could see you justifying a way to put it on your list, but I don't think it's going to be on it because my number seven is Tom Holland. And, um, no, uh, yeah, for me, I just want to say these are top ten. There's so many versions. I couldn't. He's not on my list, but yeah, there's a I lot couldn't of versions. Get to all of them. Um, but yeah, I had to. I had to do Tom Holland as like, I um, like even if he's not in the strongest movies, I've always respected the um, version of. I, I think really you can say even when the writing isn't strong, I think he brings a really good version of Spider-Man that's uh, likable. And down to earth, even when he 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 somehow feels like the most relatable character, even when they are on a spaceship. Um, I think you know he's the best part of Civil War. He was like the best part of <laughs> Infinity War. Uh, I liked Spider-Man: Homecoming. Far from Home wasn't good, but you know I'm sh- I don't remember very well, but I'm sure Spider-Man was fine. Um, oh, I have a question. <laughs> you were rewatching the Spider-Man movies after No Way Home. Did you ever get around to rewatching Far from Home? No, I've only seen it once. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I actually yeah I stopped after Amazing Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> Did you even do Spider Verse? No, but I should. He yes. just kind of petered out. Um, you were like, uh, Spider-Man's done now. Let's move on to Batman. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, finally that brings us to Tom Holland in No Way Home, which is, like, I I, I have I have to say, I feel pretty comfortable now in saying No Way Home is my favorite MCU film. I think it was, like, uh, my, um, you know, there's a lot about the MCU that's, starting to become kind of saccharine and nauseating to me in retrospect but like no way home just felt like you know this is a good period on my experience of it and you know tom holland uh really brought a good performance in that and the first thing i thought of when we were coming up with this list is like okay we had three spider-mans on screen very recently and 
<laughs> like I, you know, in this case, you, you have to say that Tom Holland was uh, the weaker Spider-Man when you see the other two on screen. Uh, but, but it, dang, if he isn't still a really respectable contender in this list, and that's why he's my number seven. Yes. Yeah, so I guess I'll talk about Sp- uh, Tom Holland. Uh, for. Sorry, I just got text real quick. Okay, so I'll talk about Tom Holland because he wasn't in my list. Again, top 10, not everyone's going to make it. Like, I love 60 Spider-Man, but he wasn't. Okay, so I have mixed feelings about the Tom Holland Spider-Man. But in celebration, let's talk about what worked. (laughs) I loved his introduction in Civil War. I think he did... It was such a great version of the character. It felt like a combination of Toby and Andrews smashed together with like a little bit of its own spin. It was, I thought, clearly taking a lot, just like Andrews did, taking a lot from Brian Michael Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man run. And I guess New Avengers, because Bendis is the one who made him an Avenger. And... He again in a movie that had Iron Man, Captain America, and Black Panther. To me, he was the standout. And in Avengers: Infinity War, which I was very pessimistic about his role in, uh, he was the standout for me too. Like, I think it really says something. And Tom Holland was very good in a supporting role in those movies. And um. He was great, and he was, for me, he is the standout of both those movies. Not really Endgame, because it, it's too small of a role for me mm-hmm. to say he's a standout in Endgame. That's more Captain America. So, I didn't like um, Homecoming Far From Home, but I thought he was great. Uh, they finally got, in Spider-Man No Way Home, it was finally the a movie of the character from Civil War and Infinity War. Yeah. Like, it's like, yes, it's finally that same character. And I, I'll just say it. I don't care if it's an unpopular opinion. I think in Homecoming and Far From Home, Tom Holland was too young to lead a Spider-Man movie. Like, I rewatched Far From Home to get ready for Doctor Strange. And I just, like... He just he was too young, and I think casting him as the third Spider-Man was a mistake, and they should have been the fourth one. However, he is I think at the right age now to where he can carry a Spider-Man movie on his own without needing Robert Downey Jr. to help him, and he did such a great job in Spider-Man No Way Home. It is cl- it's like as much as I think Civil War is a better movie, No Way Home is like. There's no debate. That was his best performance as Spider-Man. And Mm -hmm. one of my favorites, especially because it had so much more substance, we got to see him finally play the drama side. And one of my favorite scenes in that movie is the at the coffee shop at the end where he goes to speak to MJ and Ned and he decides that their lives are better without him. That was so great. And here's the thing about Spider-Man No Way Home. Even if Toby and Andrew weren't in it, it still would have been a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that is how much they kind of redeemed that character in the movie. Like, when I watch it, I'm not waiting, okay, where's Toby and Andrew? Where's Toby and Andrew? Like, I'm like, all right, 
here's Spider-Man. Okay, but then here's my old Spider-Man that, you know, I prefer yeah. more, but here they are. But, yeah, I thought overall we've had, is it six movies? Yeah, No Way Home. So, yeah, six. Overall, Tom Holland Spider-Man has been a mixed bag, but when it works, it works. Yeah, I think No Way Home alone is enough to justify his place on my list. So, yeah, um, there we go. That's my number seven. Oh, you, I have a little thing to say about No Way Home. No Way Home is now... So, overall, it's my third favorite MCU film. No Way Home is now tied with Winter Soldier and Civil War as the superhero movie I've seen the most in the movie theaters. Oh, wow. What did you, you, seen it, it, did you see it four times? I saw it yeah. four times. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, I was going to see the Batman on my birthday, but then I was like... I didn't like it, so I was like, oh, but Spider-Man's still playing. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I finally understand how like movies like The Dark Knight Rises and Avengers Endgame made so much money because No Way Home isn't my favorite Spider-Man movie. Like, I love it, but it's not my favorite. But it was like, this could be our one last time to see them on the big screen, Toby and Andrew. So Yeah. Yeah. So my top three favorite MCU movies are are tied for the superhero movies I've seen the most in theaters. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Makes sense, because they're your favorites. So, yes. so uh, what's, what's your number seven? My number seven, I mentioned it before, is Ultimate Spider-Man, or Ultimate Peter Parker, from the Ultimate Marvel Universe. This was when I started reading comics. Um, actually first got it through a three-month subscription that was in a Spider-Man VHS for the 90s cartoon. Um, it was, when when we were younger, it was the book of, like, here is a new origin story for Spider-Man. Like, we saw Spider-Man High School, and we got to, when I started reading it, it was right when they introduced Venom for the first time, and I loved that book so much. And then, I stopped reading it after they killed him off, which I was just like, why would you do that? Like, it felt, and they replaced him with Miles Morales, and I was like, why did you do that? Why couldn't you just end the book and give Miles his own book? And maybe put him in the regular Marvel Universe where he can meet Peter, but whatever. But I remember at um, our first year at college, Marvel was giving away 700 free issues on the wrap, which I got all of them. And I started rereading the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, and I fell in love with them again. And it felt even fitting that my last year at our first college, they brought Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Peter Parker, back to life. That's right. I just, I remember that, like, it was seven months of, like, because you have to understand... I had given up on Marvel Comics at the time. They were absolute garbage. I was not a fan of their editor, Axel Alonso, at the time. I consider the 2010s in Marvel to be the lost years. Because they just weren't very good before C.B. Sabolsky took over. But, like, every month I was counting down for the next issue of the Miles Morales comic that brought back... Peter Parker and mm. I thought it was great and then after seven issues he said he was gonna leave 
and go do and find out how he came back to life because they never really explained it. And he left, and then the Ultimate Universe ended. And I was like, oh, well, okay. But when Bendis left Marvel, Spider-Man number five, which was his last kind of Peter Parker story that had Miles in it, mm-hmm. we saw a, like a post-credit scene. We saw Ultimate Spider-Man back as Spider-Man fighting the Green Goblin, and now he's a member of the Avengers. And oh, I love that book so much. I am so glad that for our... It felt like a perfect treat our the summer of our senior year of high school to have a movie version of that comic in the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. So, Ultimate Spider-Man, I love that book so much. I, I've been buying it. It is the digital comic I have the most at like 110 issues. And every time I read a new one, I'm like, oh my god, I love this book so much. So... <clears throat> Awesome. That is my number seven. I don't think you've ever read Ultimate Spider-Man, right? No. More of an amazing Spider-Man guy. Yes. Um, but sound yeah, no. I'm sounds like a good arc. Yes. <clears throat> so my number six is uh one already been mentioned, and that is Andrew Garfield. Oh, yes. Yep, Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, as Peter Parker, is my number six. Um, A movie that my expectations were so lowered for, for probably unjustified reasons. And when I saw it, I was like, you know, this is, this is great. He, and the, uh, Andrew Garfield as, as Spider-Man, uh, just it just he just clicks with the character it's yeah. just um every moment of the like the the first act of the amazing spider-man uh it just shows his talent at portraying the character and uh while the amazing spider-man 2 i'm not like the biggest fan but i i mean it doesn't even really matter because Andrew Garfield is a consistently good Spider-Man and he, his return, he had the best plot line, the best like emotional core in No Way Home, I I, I think um, Oh yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, it, it just felt like such a such a cathartic moment um, and yeah, it's like it's not the, the version of Spider-Man that I often think of um, when I, um, I guess I should I should say, for a long time, it's not the version of Spider-Man that I would have ever thought of when I thought of Spider-Man. I thought it was good, but kind of in the background. And as time goes on, I I really have to give uh, my 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 credit, my due credit, because um, he just knows how to play the character. And uh, that's, yeah, that's why he's my number six. Oh, yes. So, yeah, I love, uh, I've already talked about how much I love the Andrew Garfield version of Spider-Man. Yeah. I I don't know if I mentioned it before. I I was trying to say it earlier. But, you know, the excitement of talking about Andrew's Spider-Man, I really feel like No Way Home has added so much more value to it. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I used to be like, um, well, Andrew's first movie was great, but as much as I like the second movie, the second one, you know, the, those two just by themselves, I don't think are on the same level as like Toby's movies. But once you put in No Way Home there and you see like a full arc, it mm-hmm. really raised it up. And I thought, yeah, loved uh, the Andrew Garfield version of Spider-Man. Yeah, it definitely feels like it makes it, it matter more. It, it's pretty yes. special that we got that. Even though, like, I would still say, well, you know what? I would always say Toby's kind of checked it off, but when you look at No Way Home and he that final fight where he fights a bunch of the villains, like, there's a scene where you see Andrew Garfield being held by Doc Ock's tentacles. <laughs> yeah. It checks off a lot of those checks that I've always had. Yeah. <laughs> so... Though, uh, yeah, I love seeing him reunite with the lizard, too. Oh, yeah. You know what scene I've been thinking about a lot? The scene with him and Jamie Foxx where um, he's just like, you were never nobody, and it's playing that old music. I think James mm-hmm. Horner conducted it from the first movie. Mm-hmm. It just was, oh. I, I, I don't know. Like, the more I think of like that scene was such a standout to me. That and mm-hmm. Toby reuniting with uh, Doc Ock. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, to- I totally agree. Yes. So, oh yeah, you did, Andrew. All right. So my number six is the original Spider-Man. That's right, the Marvel Universe Spider-Man by the man himself, Stan Lee. That's wow. right. And we should also say, um, uh, Steve Ditko and John Romita Sr. But we're just. In breaking it up, we broke them up by writers because they switch artists all the time versus writers stay longer. Mm-hmm. So I'll always remember being at Barnes & Noble and buying the orig- the graphic novel, the original 10 issues, plus Amazing Fantasy 15. That is tied with The Dark Knight Returns as the graphic novel I've reread the most. My favorite was the Doc Ock issue, and those issues are so great. They hold up today. There's like a timeless quality to them, except for when they mention how it is 1960, whatever. But um, the so great. They just laid the groundwork for everything the character would be so perfectly. Like even I think it really says something that even today, like. No one is really adapting the original Bill Finger, Bob Kane, Batmans, or the Jerry Siegel or Joe Schuster Superman. But we're still getting like adaptions of the what Stan and Steve did in those original 30 issues and what uh, he did with John Romita Sr. later on. And it, it, they just, they're so great. They like perfectly show the Marvel formula of taking these great superheroes and showing them with down-to-earth realistic problems and i just i love those that stan lee run so much i have the original four volumes of marvel masterworks and i did recently i don't know if i can bring it up to show you i did buy because it had a big sale around christmas i bought volume 11 which oh. has the hundredth issue and introduces Morbius, the living vampire. Oh yeah, <clears throat> that's yeah. 
Yes. So awesome. there we go. My number six, the Marvel Universe Spider-Man by Stan Lee and Great Steve Ditko and John Romita Sr. Yeah, of course, the whole team on that one. Yes. So are we at your number uh, five, five now then? Or? Top yes. five. <clears throat> oh, here we go. This is the big one. This is the big one. I mean, five. it's actually the small one because this is, you know, you could argue a smaller uh, role. Um, and, you know, yes. I could see this coming up in your list, too. In fact, I'm guessing it will. And that is um, Peter B. Parker. Oh, um, yes. The uh, version of Peter Parker that comes through the multiverse into Miles Morales's uh, universe um, and ends up mentoring him and uh, teaching him how to be a good hero, good Spider-Man. Oh, um, yes. Even though he doesn't want to at first. Yeah, yes. Um, it's just amazing how much they could pull off on being technically not a main character in uh, a, a quick animated movie. Um, this character really had so much depth and pretty shining example of, I think, how to do a mentor-type character in a superhero film. Really great. And then his sort of motivation... Um, in like uh he he's in such a downward slump that you really feel for him <laughs> so his his motivation and like his conclusion in that movie at least is just really touching and it's one of the things that makes that movie so uh great um so there yeah there it is peter b parker Oh, yes. I'll have to play the fifth right now on Peter B. Parker. Cause yeah, sure. It'll come up later. <laughs> Let's see. So, I guess five. I'll go into my next one. My number five. And I've been unva- I have it where I'm unveiling it because it's been a week since I've read this. So, what is my number five? Oh, yes. Number five. You know, we talked about Tom Holland's Spider Man, talked about Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. My number five is our original cinematic version of Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. You know, maybe we'll get a little longer than this one since it's the 20th anniversary, but I remember being nine years old and being like, there's going to be a Spider-Man movie like the Batman movies, and being mm-hmm. so excited. Um, I remember the day before, well, the day going to see it, Watching on ABC Family the 90s cartoon where Spider-Man fought Morbius, the vampire, and mm-hmm. waiting to go to Studio 28 to see the movie. That's how long ago that was. Yeah. And, I mean, it's hard. I and mean, We live in a very different era now where there's so many superhero movies. And, you know, we we had X-Men at the same time, too. But for us growing up, in elementary school in the 2000s and, you know, middle school in the mid-2000s, you know, I mean, obviously Batman became, like... We had Batman Begins at the end of elementary school, and Dark Knight kind of even elevated more. But for us, 
Toby Spider-Man was the superhero. He was the superhero, and I really liked. I loved the first Toby Maguire Spider-Man. Didn't when it first came out, but you know, a few months later, went back and yeah. really loved it. Um, I still remember because my sister brought it up, and I totally forgotten about it. I remember the spider bite being so loud when it first played in the theater. Like, oh, just like shocked, like, wow, I was not expecting it to be that loud. <laughs> yeah. And I loved that Sam Raimi did such a great job. He was the reason why I was excited for Doctor Strange. And I think, honestly, he gave us the best version we were ever going to give that movie. And Spider-Man 2, it just, it was Spider-Man versus Doc Ock, my favorite villain, but it brought even more so, like, it is, I think, the definitive Marvel movie. Like, it just it is so great. Spider-Man 3, I know some people don't like it. I it is my second favorite of the series. Honestly, last rewatch I did before Spider-Man, I mean, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, I, I could honestly say it might be my favorite. Like, I, I just love that movie so much. Love the Venom black suit storyline. And... To see him return in No Way Home, like, like Andrew was my favorite character in that movie, but the one that got me the the scene that got me the most emotionally, it like hit me in the feels, was the scene with Toby and Doc Ock where you had the Danny Elfman theme play and Doc yeah. Ock's talking about you're all grown up now and yeah, I, I to me, I think. That Toby again when I rewatched Spider Man two, kind of like how I can debate about maybe Amazing Spider Man or Spider Man three is my favorite Spider Man movie. I was really like, I'm like maybe Toby is my favorite, but oh, I overall I'd maybe lean towards Andrew. But man, he was such a great Spider Man too, and yeah, I don't, I think, uh, yeah, unless we have a TV show, I think. That Spider-Man trilogy will always be like the cornerstone. Like that was such a great experience. It really just like told like, especially now with No Way Home added to it, and I count Spider Verse as the same character. It just that Spider-Man, that Toby Spider-Man is so great. So yeah, there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Uh, yes. My number. I'm sure we will. Four. My number four. Um, I don't know if you'll consider this a cheat, and of course, I had vi- I had little choices to go on. Um, honestly, but honest- there's nothing that's a cheat as long okay. as you. I would have been a little bit like, wait, no, 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 no. Toby from No Way Home is still Toby from Sam Raimi Spider Man. Let's not go that far. Gotcha. But. Well, the reason why I say that is because uh, I'm actually picking. I don't think we give this character enough credit, and I had to think of like the movie that m- might be my favorite Spider Man movie and the star of that movie, and that's Miles Morales from oh, yes. Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Um, and like it, it, it's it, you know it's tough because we're seeing someone who's really not spider-man yet but i can't deny the fact that like uh like his journey uh being a kid and uh becoming spider-man and dealing with everything he's dealing with 
and his chemistry with Peter B. Parker. I, I could have gone either way on which way to order these. I, I, I did deliberately put them next to each other. But, I mean, even though... I mean, Peter B. Parker really has the thing going for him with his... What he's going through... Um, with Mary Jane and what he's going through back home is a really strong emotional point to the movie. Miles Morales still um, has his own, uh, uh, like, emotional things that resonate with me, his relationship with his father, the sort of trauma of realizing the truth about his his uncle. I I think that... um, yeah, and talking about that movie and how great Peter B. Parker is a lot, as we do, I think I you know, sometimes fail to mention just how great I think Miles Morales is. So, great lead to that movie. One of, if not my favorite, Spider-Man movie. So, gotta mention Miles Morales. Oh, yeah. So, uh, we're, yeah. We're talking about Spider-Verse's version of Miles Morales. I love that version of the character. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I talked about earlier how I was so disappointed with um, how they killed off Ultimate Spider-Man and replaced it with Miles Morales. That was his introduction. Yeah. You know, first impressions are important. And yeah. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to lie. I, whenever I hear about, like, Miles Morales being in a movie, I, I get a little... Oh, boy. Are they going to, you know... Are they going to do it mm-hmm. right? Like, Spider-Verse? Or are they going to yeah, kill gotcha. off... Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. It's not it's not like other people who had their introduction in Spider-Verse. Yeah, my introduction is nothing but good things. Yes, but I love that version of Miles Morales. Um I'm so excited to see him in the upcoming and the upcoming sequel which Oh my god. What another movie that got freaking delayed. Yeah, that that's that one really did hurt me. Yeah, I want this so bad. Yeah, I don't even remember when it comes. I know it comes out in 2023, but all the superhero movies I was looking forward to, besides Batman, Doctor Strange, have been delayed now. Mm-hmm. So this year just bursts so fastly. But yeah, you're yeah, gonna have my- to just find a way to brainwash yourself into liking the Batman. I don't know what to tell you. You oh don't my have God. anything I'm gonna look at else the this Blu-ray, year. And I really hope that I can have a dinner for schmucks type situation where I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not great, but it's better. Yeah. It's better than I remember. Like, I was mm-hmm. rewatching an episode of The Flash from last year that I didn't think was very good. And I was like, oh, it's better than I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I can hope for you. you. I don't know for. about that, but we'll see. Yeah. So, um. oh, by the way, I had to say, did you get any thing from free comic book day it was two weeks ago uh i was so disappointed on the sunday morning after that i realized oh, i missed it this is like the first <laughs> year i missed i was so upset so they redesigned miles's costume and i'm not gonna lie i don't really like it and is this gonna what what in the comics in the comics this? okay in the comics not the movies gotcha i mean i'm sure he'll switch back but i Let's see if I can find it real quick on here. Like, I have to be honest. I just am not a fan of the design they've gone with. Like, they've removed his you. red wedding and everything. I don't know if you can see. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me be honest. 
His other suit looks so much cooler. And I'm a, I'm a bit disappointed, but I'm, I'm sure it will be like every other time they change Peter Parker's costume. Eventually, it all goes back. And I'm yeah. pretty sure they switched his costume before and it went back. Yeah. You know, it's actually, it's honestly, it's interesting to me how obsessed uh, comic writers and, and stuff seem to be with changing suits. Because yeah, I'm usually fine with just the normal suit. Yeah, like, if you want to change anything, like, you want to make Spider-Man's suit, instead of the blue, add black, maybe have his eyes yellow instead of white. I'm cool with that, but... Yeah. It's fine on its own. You don't need to change it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, yeah, Miles... Oh, yeah, you talked about Miles. Love yeah, that's that my version number four. of the character. So we're um, on to your number four. Yes. My number four... Speaking of Spider-Verse, what? is Peter B. Parker, okay. voiced by Jake Johnson. That's right. We've had a lot of great live-action Spider-Man. But for me, my favorite movie version of the character is Jake Johnson's Peter B. Parker. I loved... You know what I was thinking when I was re-watching Toby's movies? Um, because hmm. I did rewatch. I did a rewatch for Doctor Strange, and it was a very interesting rewatch that I chose because I was like, all right, Toby's movies because it's Sam Raimi directing, Logan because of Xavier in it, and then the first Doctor Strange. It was an interesting view a thon thing, but I was rewatching Toby's Spider Man movies. Ain't all I have to say I miss. Oh, what? I miss when they were Spider Man. I'm I'm a bit burned out of high school Spider-Man. I miss when he was Spider-Man, a young adult. Yeah, paying for his rent and stuff. Like taking I really this, miss that. Taking this out of context, you could sound like um some like uh conservative like uh <laughs> what happened to Spider-Man? Can we talk <laughs> about that? We're Why taking we the man Spider out of Spider-Man. Spider-Woman. I want Spider-Man. <laughs> My Spider-Man better have as much testosterone as you can fill that sucker with. <laughs> what? How dare you show Spider-Man crying? He's a man. He needs to bury that <laughs> exactly. inside his soul. But I do prefer having a more adult Peter Parker instead of just another, like... A young kid, but yeah, I get what I loved how like this was our a bit of an older Spider-Man. He's married to Mary Jane Watson, and um, I loved his arc in the movie. Love like him going on this journey. I loved how it showed him in a world where he died and going on this journey, becoming the guy he once was again. And yeah, he's my favorite movie Spider-Man. I loved. Having an older version of Spider-Man, and kind of like how Andrew Spider-Man is a lot inspired by Ultimate Spider-Man. Jake Johnson's Spider-Man, I felt, took a lot from J. Michael Straczynski and John Romita Jr.'s run of Amazing Spider-Man from when I started reading comics. So, cool. Love Peter B. Parker. Yeah, my number four favorite version of Spider-Man. Awesome. Then we're at the big top three. Oh yes. Yep. Um, 
this is going to be my first, yeah, uh, first, yeah, straight up comic, uh, uh, iteration. And, uh, that is all the way at number three. We talked about it before. Good old Stan Lee. Oh, yes. Stan oh, there it is. Lee. Yeah, I did. I don't know if I mentioned that I found it, but, um, that's right. Um, you know, I mean, last my... time you said you were reading it from the library, and I was like, why? Don't you have it? Um, it took me a while to find, but yeah, I was reading it off of uh, my phone. Uh, <laughs> I read I read them on my phone. I don't have an iPad or anything. Uh, yeah, I just get... Do they have the guided thing where you can choose the panels? Yeah, um, it's the Hoopla app. If you get a library card for one of the libraries uh, near us, either one, I think. Um, well, before they have tons you say of... anything, I need to bring something up. Yeah. I loved Comixology. I loved the Marvel app. And there was a DC app as well. They got rid of the DC app recently. So now, if you want to buy a digital DC comic, you have to get through Comixology. And recently, Comixology did an update. I'm just going to say something. Amazon ruined Comixology. It is awful. It is such an awful, unbearable yeah. experience. I hate <laughs> what they've done to it. Like, I have, I've spent... I'm not going to lie, hundreds of dollars on digital comics, perhaps even thousands for all I know. I don't know. I don't keep the receipt, but... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be honest. If they ever shut down the Marvel Comics app and I have to deal with this comicsology crap, I'm so I'm done with digital comics. Like, yeah. Amazon has ruined comicsology. They've done such a, to- such a terrible yeah. job with it. I, I bet they have. And, you know, I mean, I don't mean to totally shill libraries too much but i mean like i was surprised like i mean there's a couple there's libby you can get that's better for just regular ebooks and audiobooks but then i uh, when i downloaded hoopla i noticed just how many comics there are and so oh, yes. i was able to reread yeah the first 10 stanley um i forget how far i've gotten but i know for sure that i borrowed and downloaded and read of like the 11 to 20 the Oh, oh, volume two, so good. Volume two and volume three. They have like, they must have like, almost all of like a hundred and fifty, like <laughs> wow. to rent. Like really, I I got enough Spider Man to, uh, for a while. Um, yes, and then some other storylines. But uh, uh, Stan, upon reading it, um, you know, it's like going back. I, uh, you know, I didn't know necessarily how Stanley's like the very first version of Spider-Man was necessarily going to hold up uh, with everything we've had, and uh, you know, I think it <clears throat> takes a certain taste. Like some people might think that this style of comic storytelling might not have aged well, but to me, there's a huge charm to it. I yes, just I really like, uh, you know, I I I like the the straightforwardness of of the plot. I mean, it's part of what made comics, uh, what they are. I mean, uh, and um, I you know it. It may be in future ones, some people might like some more serious versions, but I just think that this established everything good about the character so well, and so it obviously 
does that. You're reading some of the stuff that established that. And I've enjoyed everything I've read uh, so much more than I expected to. And uh, it might seem like an obvious choice to put Stanley so high in a way, but I mean, you know, I have a feeling, you know, there might be some other future comic artists that fans would probably place above him who maybe overshadow it. Um, but I, I get, you gotta give it like, it holds up. It does hold up to me. Oh, they're so, you can read them now. They're they're great. I love them. Yeah. So you've read volume two. The one that sticks out to me the most in volume two is, do you remember the one where, um, I think it's where Doc Ock captures Betty Brandt and her brother and Spider-Man goes to fight Doc Ock and unmasks Spider-Man in front of everyone, and they mm-hmm. think he was just Peter Parker pretending to be Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's just such a charm to these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you could describe them as corny, but it's like it's like oh, they're great. great because even like when they're light, there's still some heaviness in there. Like, yeah, they're awesome. Like, he's worried about getting Aunt May her medication or whatever, because she might die. I'm pretty sure that's in the 10 one. I don't remember. There's, I mean, there's arcs where she has, like, a heart attack, and mm-hmm. but I don't yeah. remember if it's in the first 10. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. That that storyline rings a bell, but I can't remember. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's, that's Stan Lee. I, you know, like... There's something about, and of course I gotta say, Steve Ditko and uh, and uh, you know, not just Stanley. This whole this whole team putting it together did great things, yes. and I like personally the old, very colorful style of older comics, and that appeals to me. Oh, yes. as well. So there you go, Stan Lee. That was what, number three. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're number three. <clears throat> right, so now so we're I guess at I'll move on three. to my number three then. It, you know, for years I always thought there would be nothing as good as a certain beloved cartoon series I had. But yet, something came that was wonderful. In 2008, on Kids WB, the final gift from uh, the network before it shut down, we got the spectacular Spider-Man starring Josh Keaton as the web swinger. I love that show so much. It was like, like I said, I don't, I'm not a big fan of most cartoons from the 2000s, but that was one like, it felt like it was made in the 90s, left in a vault, and they're releasing it now. <laughs> like, I just, I love yeah. that show so much. It did a great job of, it was like the first, I think, cartoon that showed Peter in high school because the other ones focused on him more in college and, Similar to Andrew Garfield's, it did a great job of adapting Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, and John Romita's run, John Romita Sr.'s run, and pulling stuff from um, Ultimate Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley, and such a great show. They did such a great job with with both having the episodes be standalone and these great story season-long arcs. It really is a shame that the show legally had to end because of stuff going on between Disney and Sony. But I love that show. I really... I root. 
I root for Josh Keaton to appear in in um across the Spider Verse. So maybe we can kind of get closure, like we have with Toby and Andrew. Like, come on, let's. This is the one legal way I think they can do it. Like, let's get spectacular Spider Man in there. So that's what I'm really, really rooting for. So. Spectacular Spider-Man, such a great show. Yeah, um, I, uh, I've, like I said, it was an honorable mention. I, uh, I, I, I really like that version of Spider-Man, and need to experience it more. Yo, yes. All right. <clears throat> oh, they also took some. I forgot to mention. They also took some inspiration from Toby's movies, too. Yeah. Which was great to see. Mm -hmm. Well, my number two um, is a a little bit of an ambitious pick because, you know, I use just pure facts and logic and data to to pick this (laughs) because, to be honest, uh, what I'm picking is... When I look back, you know, when I when I started getting into trying to read more Spider-Man comics, I started with let's look up the best story arcs and start from there. And I was just like, well, my favorite story arc is this. And when I was reading that, I wouldn't have been able to tell you who had written it, but um, I'm excited to hear the story arc is then <laughs> the writer of my favorite story arc is Gary Conway. And oh, yes. what I've read of uh, like that range, it's still very early in The Amazing Spider-Man. It's the, the hundreds. I've read some of them around that too to give it context. Uh, and it's the Night Gwen Stacy died arc. Oh, yeah. And it has a lot of the feeling of uh, the Stan Lee where it doesn't feel too distant. Um, but it's also getting more serious, and uh, there's, you know, some more uh, heavy things happening. Uh, Besides the bad '70s fashion they wear, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is like um, the worst. That's like the thing from Spider-Man comics that have aged the worst was the '70s clothes they had. Yeah, that's true. The '60s clothes <laughs> aged better than the '70s ones. <laughs> yeah, the '70s was very specific. Yes, um, but. Um, yeah, I just have to say, like, um, catalog- like cataloging all of the Spider-Man I've read, that feels like a really, really good stretch, um, and uh, it, it feels like, it kind of feels to me like uh, when you start watching a show and maybe they didn't quite figure it like it's a really good first season but they didn't quite get the 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 tone of the character and and things got rolling and Gary Conway was made was he the first person to take over after Stanley I I think he I was I don't 100% know okay um but it kind of feels like that section of Spider-Man comics where you know they're really getting into the swing of it and they understood the character and um oh it looks like he was the third it was stan lee third. Okay. then roy thomas and then gary conway yeah and with 
how, with how good the stretch I read, I'm, I was kind of sad to see that he really only was in there. Uh, he was really only the writer from about like 110 to 150-ish, about 40, between 40 and 50 issues. Um, but, and, you know, maybe some of this high regard putting at number two is because of that one fantastic story arc that he that he said but it is an era i really like so this was my uh entry on the list where i zoomed out and thought like well spider-man's a comic series what have i enjoyed the most and that was where i came to is that chunk of time in spider-man comics is my favorite yes so if um anyone is interested in more recent Gary Conway Spider-Man. I recently read, it was from 2015, the Amazing Spider-Man Spiral storyline that he did. And it came out in 2015. It's part of the Amazing Spider-Man Volume 3 run. And I recently read it. It's very good. I really enjoyed it. It came out during a time where I wasn't a big fan of what was going on because I wasn't a fan of mm-hmm. the writer, the main writer who was going on, but that one was really good, the spiral storyline. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to check that one out for sure. Yes. So I guess it's time for me to go with my number two. Oh, and by the way, his Death of Gwen Stacy stuff is great too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was definitely favorite storyline so far i have a couple that i think i would really love and like arcs that i have a couple spider-man arcs that are like i think i'm gonna really love that and it's gonna be next on my list a reading list um so we'll see if there's an update but (laughs) so far that's my favorite story in spider-man oh yes so i guess i'll go my number two and just like yours it's a comic book run I talked about two of the three Spider-Man comics from when I started reading, so it will only make sense to start with, to have number two be my favorite one. Mm-hmm. It is The Amazing Spider-Man run by J. Michael Staczynski, which he did with John Romita Jr. And, uh, I'm sorry, I forget who the other one is, but John Romita Jr. was the main one. And this was the book that showed stuff that happened, like, after kind of the classic Spider-Man stories. Like, we saw him, his relationship with Mary Jane kind of crumbled. He and it has it where he goes back to his old high school to be a science teacher. And, you know, after growing up, you know, watching the 90s cartoon and seeing the different cartoons, it's a little tough sometimes to be like, what is something new we haven't seen with the character? But Jace Michael Staczynski gave us new stuff, and it was great. And he brought back Mary and Peter Jane as a couple and showed how, like, they help each other through their daily lives. During that run, Aunt May found out he was Spider-Man and um, had it where their Aunt May's house burned down and they moved into Avengers Tower, and he was the Spider-Man writer during Civil War. And No Way Home is based on one of the most controversial Spider-Man stories of all time. Probably one of the most hated, which was One More Day. Which wasn't his choice, but 
you know, he was kind of forced to do it. And there's a Spider-Man comic that people hate, but I think it's pretty good. It's called Spider-Man, um, I, th I think it's Original Sin that he did. Spider Original Sin, I think that's what it was. Nope, that is not what it was. It was, I don't remember what, it was one where we find out that Gwen Stacy, when she was alive, cheated on Peter with Norman Osborn. Oh, man. And some people were like, what? How dare they do something like this? But I was like, guys, this shows that even if Gwen had survived, Peter was not supposed to end up with her. It shows that no matter, he was always supposed to end up with Mary Jane Watson. So that's how mm -hmm. I took it. That's interesting. I loved, yeah, I loved the stories about like um, where Peter is like he knows there's something wrong with one of his students and he, he sees that she's homeless and that her brother is missing and he goes to kind of find her and it was great i just i love that run of comics so much i'm so glad that like when i look at like our four spider-man movie spider-men they each kind of feel like they're from different versions like um toby spider-man is very stanley spider-man Andrew Garfield's is very Brian Michael Bendis Ultimate Spider-Man. Tom Holland in the Russo Brothers movies is very much Ultimate Spider-Man and New Avengers Spider-Man that Bendis worked on. Tom Holland in his solo movies by John Watts is very Dan Slott run, right? Uh, where, you know, multiverse, that's what really worked. <laughs> Jake Johnson's is very much J. Michael Staczynski's run, and I just... I love that Spider-Man story so much. I re I've been rereading a storyline I haven't. Well, I guess it wouldn't be rereading then, but I've been reading a storyline I haven't gotten to yet by him, and oh, it's so great. So my number two is J. Michael Staczynski's Spider-Man in the Amazing Spider-Man. Um, By the way, before I forget, I'm so glad that John Romita Jr. is now doing the art for The Amazing Spider-Man again. Very excited about that. Um, I mean, I'll have to check that out, compare it with my own eye to see if to see if I agree. I'm sure it's great. Um, yes. <clears throat> so we are to, if you can believe it, I thought we'd never get there. Number one. Yes. Number one are picks of our favorite versions of Spider-Man. And mine is, of course... I have a guess what yours is. Lot. I've never read. Oh I don't God! Know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I just. Uh, Did I mention how much I don't like Dan Slott in here? I don't know. You. You have. That's the only <laughs> yes. reason I know the name. <laughs> I. I wouldn't have known the name otherwise. <clears throat> yes. Though, we we should be like you know he gave us Spider Verse so he's written. I mean, sometimes he does write some great stuff. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. He's I very much a John Watts type uh, <laughs> situation. Well, makes sense. But my real number one, of course, it was I I know the, what this is. the obvious pick as soon as this list came to mind. My number one is Tobey Maguire or Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And, um, you know, I rewatched this trilogy very recently after No Way Home, and it reminded me, it, it really kind of 
made me feel justified in it being my favorite superhero trilogy. Um, and though is it a trilogy anymore? I guess it kind of still is. Mm. Debate. It's a With little gray the area, like the Star yeah. Wars trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, there are some... For how long I considered him the iconic version of Spider-Man, like, rewatching it, there were some mental notes that I made that, you know, I, I could see him... Or, or I could see, like, Spider-Man fans actually thinking that he's quite a different Spider-Man or like maybe he doesn't represent what they feel of as Spider-Man because in a strange way and it was only re-watching it that I kind of started to feel this uh, like uh, he, he's another character that's like so uncool and un <laughs> he, he unsmooth like even when he does become Spider-Man He's still just some kind of a dork to the degree <laughs> and the fact that he has kind of a weird bug-eyed face that's endearing. Yeah. I feel like... I mean, did your heart melt when um, Ned's Lola waved at him and he gave that smile? It's just like, <laughs> Yeah, I love... It's endearing. He's so endearing. But it's almost... It's strange. I don't know if I'm crazy saying this, but it's almost like... If ten year if ten years later or something they casted like Michael Sarah to be Spider Man, I, I don't know if that <laughs> comparison has been thought of enough. It's like it, it's that kind of like awkward indie actor sort of thing, um, as a superhero, um, and one, two, and three, he's always just kind of this awkward guy who's very imperfect. But he's this nerdy kid from Queens, yeah. But, you know, it just, it works so, so well. And, um, and I also, like, uh, I mean, I, of course, have to say that, like, upon rewatching it, it, during my rewatch, I, I, I maybe liked the first one slightly less than my memory served me. Still one of my favorite superhero movies ever two and three i actually liked more than i remembered but saying that about two is impressive because i had already considered it one of my favorite superhero movies of all time when i watched it again and i it was even better than the legendary status i had given it in my brain <laughs> it was quite a moment that is a flawless superhero movie to me oh is yeah i was about is the perfect superhero movie it is yeah. so good. From front to back, that movie, Spider-Man 2, is a flawless superhero movie. And um, it's also just the best version. Uh, it, it's Tobey Maguire at his best as Spider-Man. Sam Raimi's best uh, uh, version of, of directing the story. And like that movie alone is a pinnacle example of why... The Tobey Maguire version of Spider-Man is my favorite version of Spider-Man. Yes. You know what? Just, it just reminded me of two things from Spider-Man 2. One is, like, it has, in my the best monologue ever in a superhero movie between Aunt May and Peter after he, after she tells them there's a hero in everyone or whatever it was. Yeah. And I was just watching this. You know, Marvel, you know... 
they'll kill off Iron Man. They'll do, you know they'll do some weird stuff, but they would never have it where like and sometimes like I remember watching and being a bit surprised that they did this where you know after um Peter goes into the burning building and saves the little girl. Yeah. Like he's like coughing and get, he's got the oxygen and they're like nice job kid and then we hear the firefighters say like another uh trap soul didn't make it out. And then you hear like Danny Elfman's music play and Toby honestly ever since you brought up like Toby's like facial reaction when he stops Tom Holland mm-hmm. when I rewatch him like he's so good like just his facial expressions yeah. in the series like just that moment where um Peter is just sitting there and you hear Danny Elfman's uh, gorgeous score play of just like he failed he couldn't save an- this one person mm-hmm. and then we cut to him just looking at the apartment and was like and I think of all of them, like, just by himself, like, Toby had, like, such a perfect voice for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it just sounds like, come when you look at Spider-Man, it just sounds the best. Like, yeah. His natural voice just sounds the best. And you have it where you're just like, am I not supposed to have what I want, what I need? That's such a great scene. And yeah. it's just like, it's it's it felt real and it's something the MCU would never do. Yeah. And I mean, also Doc Ock. So. Oh, Doc Ock is great <laughs> in that movie too. I love that scene so much when Doc Ock first like starts just killing everyone. It's so like Sam Raimi just coming out with and the making um, a horror movie. The doctors who are trying to saw off the arms. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's like it's like a shocking scene. It's like we're in a horror movie now. Yo, yes. Speaking of Doc Ock, like, obviously my favorite action scene is the end with the three. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man, I love that scene with um, Tom, Spider-Man versus Doc Ock. That was awesome. Yeah. Just because yeah, I love awesome. Doc Ock and seeing him <laughs> in a movie, I was like, all right, rematch time. We're going to see yeah. Spider-Man versus Doc Ock again. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's my number oh. one. Could have been expected to begin with, but um, I have a feeling it might deserved. be that one. Deserved. When, once we got into the top three, I'm like, all right, I think I, I think I have a good guess of what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. All right, so we come on to my number one, and my number one is it might be obvious if anyone's listening because there's something I've mentioned a lot. My number one pick, and it's hard because so many of these are so great, but. If I had to pick my favorite one, it is Spider-Man the Animated Series from the 1990s. Premiered in 1994, ran until 1998. Uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes was my childhood Spider-Man, and I just I love that show so much. It it did such a great job of showing young college age Peter Parker and we go through his journey and like towards like I think the fourth or fifth season he gets married to Mary Jane even though we find out it's not really Mary Jane's a clone but still we had that we had him team up with all the heroes from the Marvel Universe like the X-Men and the Avengers and we had like all the cool villains like Doc Ock I love the Venom storyline they did and the lizard was great. It just, to me, whenever I think of Spider-Man, 
that version, Christopher Daniel Barnes's version, is the version I think of. Anytime I read a Spider-Man comic, Christopher Daniel Barnes is the voice I hear in my head. Unless it sucks, then sometimes it's Drake Bell, even though I try, <laughs> I try to push it away. But yeah. I just I love that version so much. Is just it was my first form. It was my introduction to Spider-Man. Also, my introduction to serialized storytelling, like. I remember watching it years later and being like, oh, crap, all the episodes, they connect. They have these plot threads that keep going throughout the whole season. And, yeah, I just, I love that show. That show, to me, is the definitive version and my favorite version of Spider-Man. Yeah. I root for him to be in Spider-Verse, <laughs> the sequel. Yeah. No, yeah, that would be sick to bring back some of the, yeah, some of those other yes. characters. So yeah. we've talked a lot about Spider-Man. Should we conclude this with some rabbit hole? I would love to. We'll do. We'll do a quick rabbit hole. We actually, yeah, got, real quick. We, we we got a, a we got you know our time out of out of this list, and you know, pretty solid. Oh yes. So let me choose two, three good ones. Okay, if you. Could see Spider-Man team up with any Marvel character in a movie. Who would you want it to be? Interesting. Um, well, any Marvel character. Um, I'm trying to like the obvious one that comes to mind is Wolverine. Um, which you know what? Uh, give your answer first, and I'll think about it. Well, you said mine. It'd be Wolverine. <laughs> That's why I moved it over to you. <laughs> Even yeah. specifically. Uh well we, it won't it won't happen but Toby's Spider-Man Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Mhm. 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 I can't think of a better answer than that really. <laughs> uh I Wolverine would be would be awesome. Um even though like it's X Men. X Men in general has never been my go-to. It is the one that like I tend to envision the best. Um, and I mean, maybe Captain America, but ultimately, I think with Wolverine would probably be my preferred story. Yeah, it'd be nice to have because um, they were only one scene together. Just another scene with Cap and Spider Man just for mm -hmm. a full movie. Mm hmm. Who's a Spider-Man villain you'd want in a movie? I I kind of wonder if this is a question we asked in the No Way Home special because I kind of remember answering the question like maybe it was not being able to answer the question of like what's a villain we haven't seen uh, in, in a Spider-Man movie uh, that you'd like to see and adapted in live action. Um. I guess I, I guess I'll say one of the ones that when I read about it, the, the top one I mentioned, like I have a I have a wish, a reading, a read list of ones I really want to read. I really do want to read the Craven's Last Hunt arc. From what oh, I heard yeah, about too. it, it just seems really really cool, and I uh, I have high hopes for it meshing with my taste. Um, so yeah, Craven would probably be my answer all right so did you ever see the thor love and thunder trailer 
No. I'm just curious if you have. No? I, ha- I haven't. I was a little bit surprised because I thought, like, before No Way Home, I thought you said Ragnarok was your favorite MCU film. Yeah, and you know, it's my second favorite MCU film still, so, like, I was certainly looking forward to Thor Love and Thunder, but I think it's a combination of, like, I I think I'm, like, I'm, I feel, I also feel a little bit done with the MCU. I'm just not that excited. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder would be one of the things to get me to check out another MCU movie. So I'm not saying I won't see it. I, In fact, I, I think I'd like to see it. But um, it more has to do with being a fan of Taika Waititi's work. And I, I must say, like, I have other solid things of his. Like, he's doing a lot of work lately, and a lot of it is good. Um, and I, like... I don't necessarily think that this is the Taika Waititi thing to look forward to. Yeah, like, I have to be honest. I was hoping for Doc... I, I think I can say overall I think Doctor Strange is okay. But I was really hoping I'd, like, leave it being like, all right, let's go see Thor Love and Thunder or Ant-Man. I'm just like, you know... When it was done, I was like, you know, it's okay. I enjoyed the Sam Raimi parts, but this thing has really just run its course. But I have seen the Thor Love and Thunder trailer, and I'll just say, it's the worst trailer I've ever seen for a superhero movie. <laughs> oh, it's wow. awful. That's, uh, that's bold words. I, I'm interested in seeing now. I, I want to try, <laughs> try and piece together why you think that. So. <laughs> I mean, it is so bad. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, no. I'm a little nervous that, like, that, um... That like they they are taking maybe that they're like oh this is the one that's like Marvel is known for being jokey now and this one we can feel free to let it loose and just go for it that's what I'm expecting and maybe what I'm a little nervous about you know there's a problem when Star Lord is more serious than Thor in the trailer oh okay yeah <laughs> all right would you want Toby or Andrew to return in the MCU? I think I've said this before, but I feel like Andrew, I would see more in the MCU. I, I don't. I guess I don't want them. Well, that, No Way Home is so good, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, if maybe if there was, if they were like, let's do round two of a Spider-Man movie with other Spider-Men in it, I would be down. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest. Part of me is just like, you know. It had such a perfect ending. Like, I felt like it just was so wrapped up. Like, some people are like, no, don't bring back Iron Man. It was the perfect ending. I'm like, what are you talking about? Or don't bring back Cap. It was perfect ending. I'm like, well, it sucked. So, luckily, he's coming back. But (laughs) just like, I think it, like, I I don't know. It just feels so wrapped up so nicely. Very much like closure. Like, I. I'd prefer, honestly, I'd rather have it be a Spider-Man 4 or Amazing Spider-Man 3 than just bringing them back into the MCU. Yeah, I, I don't Especially want... after Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness did stuff I genuinely don't like with this multiverse stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, overall, don't overdo it. You had a good thing with No Way Home. I, I They don't need to be brought back again. I, I You know what? I'd love for them to be brought back in Spider-Verse. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, these are our last three. Rank 
Oh, no, we'll do this. Do you think the MCU is coming to an end soon? Because I have this thing I want to pose to you. With Multiverse, I think there's a 25% chance they're building to a Secret Wars movie, like everyone else thinks there is. Uh-huh. And I think that Kevin Feige is also going to leave and be in charge of Star Wars. And I think that the next Avengers movie, I think there's a 25% chance it's done. And that once a new person comes into Marvel, they're going to want kind of like a new director. Like, right, we had Christopher Nolan do his thing with Batman. Now Matt Reeves is doing his thing. I think a new person will take over Marvel and want to do their own thing. So, Mm -hmm. I think Secret Wars is coming. I think it will be Avengers 5. And I think that will be like the definitive end of the MCU that started in 2008. Yeah. So, what do you think? I I could go either way on them doing that or like just, you know, new one comes out, new one comes out, keep like sort of milking it. I could see either one happening. I feel like with the somewhat Marvel exhaustion, uh, I think that... It would make a lot of sense. Uh, it would make sense to me that a new person coming in would be like, hey, I want to do my own thing because I don't know if this is working anymore and I kind of just want to do my own thing. Similar to, like, you know, Matt Reeves um, seeing what there was and kind of going, like, I really only want to do this if I can do my creative vision. Yeah. And I feel like that's what someone would want to do if they were in charge of Marvel. Yeah, so, um, boy, I thought I was going to say something. Oh, man, I'm blanking on it now, but all right. We'll move on to our last ones. All right, rank what you'd want. We did this with Batman, so rank what you would want. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 4, The Amazing Spider-Man 3, or MCU MCU Spider-Man 4. Um, you know, my, this, this, this is tough. Uh, I, I feel like in the past I might've said that I'd like us, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 3 because, you know, we'd get, a, you know, a little more of that, but like there is really nice, really good sense of closure with the end of Andrew's, Andrew's version of Spider-Man's story. Like, you know, that was, that was a cathartic way to end it. So I, at, at this point, I'd feel pretty safe saying I want Spider-Man Four. And then what are the other two? Where how oh, ranked? The then yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Three, followed by an MCU. Yeah, honestly, I'm gonna go with the whole list you had because mm. even though I loved Andrew in the Amazing Spider—I mean <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home—I felt like he was such a standout, and I loved Toby in the movie. But I'd love one for Toby finally gets to be the standout. So, yeah, yeah I'd have Spider-Man 4, Amazing Spider-Man 3, and then um, MCU Spider-Man 4. All right, this is it, the grand finale. Um, What would you like to see? Because he was in your list of top favorite Spider-Man movies. Eventually, they'll have to get around to him in live action. How would you want Miles Morales introduced in a live-action film? Hmm. Hmm. 
You know, it, it's interesting. It feels like, you know, they've already done, like, starring the movie around Miles Morales and then introducing a mentor character. Um, so, introducing as sort of the reverse, like maybe there's a film about an older Spider-Man and he's looking for like more of a legacy passing like can like f- mentoring people to you know do what he does himself i think the way i'd want him introduced is like kind of the reverse of uh into the spider verse i guess um just for something different um uh and it would be you know also an excuse to have maybe a story with a bit of an older Spider-Man. Um, um, but you know more about Miles Morales in the comics and the different ways that he is introduced. My my thinking is based off of Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So, um, I'll just get this out of the way. Tom Holland, way too young to have um, Miles Morales. I almost think... Andrew Garfield's at the age where he can maybe start thinking about Miles Morales, but um, I would want to have, you know, because of how much I love J. Michael Straczynski's run, I would love to have it where Miles is a student in Peter Parker's science class. I mean, it would be a little bit of a change because he doesn't go to Brooklyn Academy, but he could have mm-hmm. it where Peter is, you know, science teacher to Miles, that way they have some type of a connection. And then, you know, you'd have that big reveal of when, like, um, Spider-Man is trying to, like, help Miles, and then he takes off the mask and is like, I trust you and stuff, and it'd be really cool, because Miles gives, like, Peter also, like, a new depth that we... He brings out something that we don't normally see in Spider-Man as a mentor-type character, so that is how I would like to have it be done. Yeah, You know, I don't really need it to be like, I have no interest in having them kill off Peter Parker and having him be replaced by Miles. Mm-hmm. I don't think in live action, I think because animation is more for the hardcore fans, we don't need to do the multiverse stuff. So that's how I would have yeah. it done. Yeah, I know. That's, that's good. Yes. So guys, there we go for our special anniversary episode of Spider-Man, so many anniversaries. I believe, now I may be mistaken, but I believe we both said our favorite versions were the first versions that introduced us to the oh, character. yeah. Human nature. Yes. Oh, yes. It Fueled never. You nostalgia. always remember your first. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> yes. So, there we go. You know what? We still got... 2022 is the year so many anniversaries for Spider-Man. You know, watch some movies, um, rewatch some cartoons, see a new cartoon for the first time. Skip Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon. But, oh, Sony's been doing a great job promoting the 20th anniversary. Hmm. It'd be nice if they re-released it in theaters, the first one. This is a random thought. Should we end this episode with one recommend? One recommend. Yeah. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, this came to mind. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the new, uh, like, true crime thriller thing with Andrew Garfield. Very, oh. very good. Um, it is. Where's uh, What service is it on? 
Uh, that's oh Hulu. Yep. Oh, it's okay. uh, starring Andrew Garfield as uh like this like Mormon detective guy uh, trying to find a killer. It's he's really good in it. Oh yeah, and he also is like the for the first time maybe looks kind of older. Like maybe this version of Andrew Garfield would be able to mentor Miles Morales. Yeah, so. yeah. Like I saw a picture, and I was just like, did he age like ten years between No Way Home and this? But it's yeah. probably got to be makeup or something. Yeah, something like yeah. It, um, it, but it is, it's good. So yes. So that is your recommendation. Yeah, that's my exactly. recommendation. Just thought it was tangentially related to Spider Man and made yes. me think of it for um Let me try and think of something related to Spider Man. You know what? I'll I'll go there. Go at Disney Plus and if you want if you want to see a really great story told, watch season three of Spider Man the Animated Series. If you want to see something like like like, holy crap, like, a big climax episode. The season finale with the Green Goblin is, oh, is like, one of the creepiest versions of the Goblin. Like, there's, like, it's the moment, one where he finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, and, oh, I, I think Neil Ross voices both Osborne and Goblin. He does a great job in that episode. So, guys. Cool. There we go. Season three. That is it yes. for our Spider-Man special. Yeah, Spider-Man 60th anniversary special. Also 20th and 10th and 100th for Stan Lee. Yeah. So there we go. Our voices are sore. Oh, we, wow, we, yep. Our throats are dry. We're done. We can't do anymore. Yep. Paul, pay us a little bit more for a bottle of water or something. Yeah. You know, I I actually I don't know where it came from, but I have a penny in this room. So, combined. Oh yes. We're kind of uh, we're kind of swimming We've in cash. Doubled our budget. Uh, but yeah, that is gonna have to be it. Voices shot. Glad we got to celebrate yes. this character. Uh, yes. Be positive and cool. Um, and this is of course been comment section and. Yes. Know. And how do you know? Because every once in a while, like Mary Jane or Gwen, well, hopefully not like Gwen Stacy, but hopefully like <laughs> Mary Jane, if you fall from the top of a building, yeah. ho- hopefully Don't break your back. there was a rabbit nearby. Oh, yes, a rabbit nearby that won't cushion the fall, but extend it as you wait for Spider-Man to catch you. Why is that? Because as we do all the time on this show, you have fallen and you will keep Falling down that rabbit hole.